The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They called me Ben. We're joined with our guest super producer, Max Freight Train Williams. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, Great opening question for anybody on a first date. Have you ever tried to contact the dead? Just say it like as you're sitting down at the Olive Garden and see how it goes. Tell us your results. <laughs> Over some breadsticks. If you all place your hands on the bread, the, the, the bowl of breadsticks at the same time, it can kind of act as a summoning sort of like, uh, what do you call that? Like an amplifier of your... A summoning to bring energies. more breadsticks? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's usually what happens. The breadsticks, Sorry, me to leave. <laughs> the breadsticks, like time, are endless. Uh, look, since before the dawn of recorded history, for millennia, thousands, thousands of years, people have tried to speak with the dead. And a lot of them believed themselves to be successful. The motivations, the methods change over time. There are all sorts of ways to sort of hack reality. But the concept is always the same at its core. Pierce the mortal veil. You get a glimpse at the number one mystery of human existence. What happens after we are gone from this plane. And today we're looking at one of the most well-known contraptions for allegedly making this contact. If you're from the U.S., you've heard about it. If you're not from the U.S., you're in for a treat. We're talking about the Ouija board. Uh, Here are the facts. I guess first, what is a Ouija board? 
I mean, it's a thing. It's sort of a facsimile, like a mass-marketed, scaled facsimile of a real thing known as a spirit board um, with that little guy in the middle that you put your hands on. There's a name for those, like a reticle or reticule or something like that, or the little hole in it that shows the letter. There are probably another, other, other names for it. Planchette, perhaps? Planchette's the, uh, the little the device you use. The, yes. The, um, and often it'll go to a pointer, but some versions do have like that aperture or that, as you said, reticule where the planchette will go over the thing and you look at the letter in the center. But I think a lot of times it's, it's point and shoot. Spiritually. 100%. And real deal ones of these from, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the history of like the actual, maybe a little bit of the actual spirit boards, but they probably they could have been carved from wood, you know, or like really hand painted bespoke ones. And you'll even see those like modern ones of those that, that, you know, artists maybe on Etsy or, you know, in like a cool art market will have done by hand. Uh, a friend of the show, Jeremy Muxworthy, uh, fantastic Atlanta artist, actually hand designed a, a really awesome spirit board. But the most important thing is that on this board, there are numbers, usually zero to nine, and letters, whichever alphabet, usually the one, well, at least the ones I've encountered are English. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you could have that in any language if you only had, you know, around 26 characters, right? Because right. the, boards, the boards need to fit the entire alphabet on it in order for it to function the way it's supposed to function. Oh, and there's also a yes and no. On yes that. and no. Right, right, (laughs) totally. Uh, And that's a great point about languages that don't have the same kind of construction as like a Latin language. If you're looking at a language that uses ideograms, then you get to a point where you have to kind of restrict what sort of questions can be asked or the nature of responses, which doesn't make it less valid. It just, it's something to be aware of. And uh, Noel, you're absolutely right. The planchette it's the only time I get to use that word in English. Uh, it's like a little hard or teardrop shaped piece of anything. It just needs to be something people can safely put their fingers on and move it around. And if if you've used this before, you've seen it uh, depicted in countless pieces of media. Um, the reason people are, as we said in our group text earlier, afeard of Ouija boards is most likely due to a film that came out in 1973. The Exorcist, the adaptation of that novel. Before then, and we're about to get to the history, before then, this was all well and good. It was fun for people. Um, Look, basically, you probably know how the Ouija board works or how a spirit or talking board works. So those are the other street names for this thing. Uh, You get some people together. There have to be at least two people operating it. And you ask the general vibe of the universe or a specific unseen entity questions. It can take up to five minutes. If the contact is successful, something weird will happen. Uh, a thing will answer. And so you'll be sitting there with your friends and um, all of a sudden the planchette will seem to move towards symbols on the board. It could spell out words. It could indicate numbers. It could agree or disagree, give you a yes or no and so on. And usually and if you're experimenting with these things, you know, you might have three, four people there and uh, the effect only increases because everybody starts accusing another person of moving the thing on purpose. Well, that's, that's an interesting point because, you know, a lot of times we think of seances and all of that kind of through the lens of hucksters and folks trying to kind of extract money from, you know, people in mourning, you know, through parlor tricks and like Pepper's Ghost 
you know, projections and all of that kind of stuff. But it's like this, usually there's no, there's no game afoot in that respect. This is like a group of people that are all kind of either doing this on a lark, you know, just to kind of like see what happens. Or maybe there's a practitioner that's brought it to the table, literally speaking, but you wouldn't really necessarily think about this in those same terms, unless I'm missing something. Well, I think we're, it's a little complicated and we're going to get into that a little later as we move forward through this story about like how it's been used and the people who've profited from it, you know, and maybe why, Mm -hmm. um, but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a big part of it, Noel, but if you don't, if you guys don't mind, I'd love to stay on the history a little bit more just on the old, just the the reason we know what a Ouija board is and how we got to the thing that you can go and buy right now called a Ouija board. Matt, I'm, you know, I'm 10 toes down for this one. I love the, I love weird history in general. So what's the weird history of the Ouija? Oh, uh, well it, it's the, it's a thing that we have talked about on this show before when it comes to contacting the other side, whatever that might be. And it's a thing called automatic writing, which is almost, uh, a meditative state of sorts that you can put yourself in or some practitioners of automatic writing would put themselves in and attempt to connect with something somewhere on some other side and have that thing channel through their arm into a, usually a pencil or a pen and write something or draw something. Right. Okay. So in that case, there would be kind of a practitioner that would be the conduit for this. And it certainly, you know, there could be someone who's a true believer doing this and and maybe, you know, with with whatever varying results, or it could be someone just making it up. Right. Right. Yeah. The, um, to know the difference between those two proposed groups, we would have to know the inner motivations of the person who's functioning as the conduit. But the idea of automatic writing, which is really sort of a, a, like scrying, if you think about it, uh, it, it it dates back so far. The earliest mentions go all the way back to ancient China around 1100 uh, CE during the Song Dynasty. But Sources also trace it back further. No one's quite sure when the first thing happened because humans have always wished to commune with the dead. So you can find claims that um, something like this was around in 551 BCE, also in China, or trace it back to the days of ancient Rome. People will say, hey, even Pythagoras was down with something like this uh, in Greece. But anyway, in China, Surprisingly enough, for quite some time, this practice was considered a sort of necromancy, but it wasn't, it didn't have, necromancy was not the bad word it is today. It was sort of thought of as a research technique, you know, like uh, the, the learned people of the era would be interested in science, and they'd also be interested in talking with ghosts. Uh, it, it was a not uncommon practice for a while in several several prestigious institutions until it was forbidden by the uh, Qing dynasty, who, you know, everybody knows are total fun police. <laughs> ben, have you heard of the Japanese version of the Ouija board? It's uh, called Kokuri-san. Yes, but I've never used one. 
Yeah, I, I certainly have either. I really just found out about it, and it's 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 uh, featured in some you know manga and, and pop culture stuff and films. But it actually apparently it's it's very similar to the Ouija board, but it obviously uses Japanese characters, and you use kind of more of a coin. And the name Kitsune comes from a combination of like the spirit animals that supposedly are answering you from the spirit world. The Kitsune, which is a fox spirit, the dog or the ku, um, and uh, the uh, Tanuki, which is the re. So it's sort of like a combination of these things. But you use a ten yen coin and apparently it came to japan because of sailors who brought some of those seance things that we were talking about something called table turning and since like tables weren't as much of a thing in japan they had to kind of improvise and then this game was kind of created and uh there's a there's a site that i found that says never play the game alone never play the game as a prank try not to play if you are scared or mentally insecure so probably good advice in general, I mean, depending on your belief system. But. I thought table turning was strictly a restaurant, you know, service industry thing. Da, 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 da. Oh. <laughs> worth it, worth it. So yeah. this, um, yeah, but that just that just goes to show, again, it's very old, very common practice in the human species, and it's across the world. Now, the Ouija board is uh, most famous, I think, in the U.S. Uh, and in parts of Western Europe. And we're going to learn why. The modern Ouija board has its roots in the spiritualist movement of the 1800s, which all you need to know for this episode about the spiritualist movement in the 1800s, uh, folks, is this. It was that time people in the Western world got super duper into ghosts. And uh, the Smithsonian has some great points about this. Um, spiritualism came around in Europe before it hit the U.S. in 1848, uh, due in large part to uh, uh, siblings known as the Fox Sisters. And they said, look, we are mediums. We're getting messages. And the spirits, for some reason, who are we to judge, they communicate by tapping. They don't talk to us except through these taps and uh, we can channel them. We'll come and do a live show with you, say the Fox sisters. And basically translate the taps. I mean, mm -hmm. really, it's more like just answering yes and no and that kind of thing. But still, there's there's a medium translating from the other side. Ghosts speak in binary code, apparently. Yeah. Or Morse. Yeah. yeah. They're intercessors, mm -hmm. right? Which is also common in a lot of other spiritual belief systems. But it's interesting that the Ouija board becomes the translator, right? So you moved away from a, a person translating to a piece of wood. And a mm -hmm. that are and translated. now we've got Chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's sort of like the move from Catholicism to Protestantism, where like you know, in Catholicism or like hardcore Catholicism, the 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 conduit has to be a priest, you know, or or a high member of the clergy. But then it's sort of given to the people. It's like, no, you can be your own conduit to God. Mm -hmm. And saints, of course, can also intercede in uh, mm -hmm. the Catholic faith and in other the. Saint analogs in other faith systems will do this. That's that's the thing. Spiritualism was could be seen as sort of a fad historically, but it could also be seen as a um, a religious system of a sort. Maybe a little less dogmatic, but that's not to say there weren't different uh, different individuals trying to create their cults of personality. Some with great success. Anyway, so the Fox Sisters basically they're celebrities. They're like. The 1800s version of TikTok stars and people hear about this. It gets in the national press. Uh, spiritualism at its peak has millions of people who are super into it, consider themselves spiritualists. 
and don't feel it conflicts with their pre-existing, you know, more mundane beliefs like, uh, hey, I'm a Christian, but I'm also a spiritualist. So, you know, Saturday night, we're doing the seance and Sunday I'm at church. Uh, in In this time, seances were thought of kind of like cool party games. You know, like what's that game? We play where you uh, you have to guess trivia with your phone and you hold On it your up forehead? to your forehead. Yeah. Uh, heads up. Heads up. Okay. Yeah. How did I miss that one? Yes. So Fun it's, game. Ellen DeGeneres invented it, apparently. <laughs> Who knew? Not me. I was not aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the, um, the, the idea is that a seance was not seen as an inherently dangerous thing. It was like playing heads Yikes. up or trivia with your friends. And a lot of what we know about the Ouija board, we know it gets its popularity during this time, but for quite a while, the origins of this thing were pretty murky in the modern day. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in all of, I don't know about you guys, but in all the research I looked into, the number one historian of the Ouija board who keeps coming up is Robert Murch. Uh, and he's been focused entirely on this specific aspect of history uh, since the 90s, 1990s, I should say, as far as I could tell, he's human. You know, it's funny, Ben, you saying that about like it was kind of considered like a parlor trick or like sort of like a fun party game. The the Japanese version of it, it just seems like from the very get go, it's like this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be careful. Tread lightly. And, and it's the same as, you know, when you see Japanese ghosts depicted in, in, in film and pop culture, they're usually pretty malevolent. And, and and psychotic. There aren't really, like, friendly ghosts in the Japanese pantheon. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know you know more about that, that, that world than I do, for sure. It's a, it's, a, it's a wide, wide, unseen world. And they're, yeah, they're, they're not all rough characters, but, uh, but also how much of that is marketing, you know? That's fair. Like, how dangerous is this, right? Because uh, th- that's what gets people excited, you know? Now, like, if you're choosing between Yahtzee and a, and a Ouija board, you know, and you're a kid, don't you kind of want the one that has a hint of danger? I don't know. I don't know. I've, I haven't gotten really deep into Yahtzee. I don't know much about it. You guys probably Every know time, dude, roll the dice or t- contact the dead. Come on. <laughs> right. Fra- that's a better way to phrase it. Well, we also have a, um, speaking to the points we're raising here, we've got a couple of quotes from uh, merch that I think would be It'd be worth sharing with our fellow conspiracy realist. So Robert Murch, as you said, who was a pioneer in studying this kind of phenomenon, had this to say, uh, quote, communicating with the dead was common. It wasn't seen as bizarre or weird. It's hard to imagine that now we look at that and think, why are you opening the gates of hell? Uh, and and, and Murch has really been a big uh, part of kind of tracking down the true history of the modern Ouija board. Um, it goes back to a company uh, much like Mattel you know, called Canard Novelty Company, um, as well as as uh, a tie-in with some of the absolute horrific atrocities of the Civil War. Well, yeah, I think there's so much of this popularity of the Ouija board that comes from the Civil War. I really, really think so. And I think that's, that's what Merch is saying here. Uh, because so many human beings died during that conflict that it is very likely that you or, you know, someone you love lost at least one person in that civil war, right? Around 2% of the entire population of the United States was wiped out during the civil war. 
and there were only 31 to 32 million people within mm-hmm. the United States at mm-hmm. that time. So if you've got all of those people that are dead, that you, you know, individuals loved all of those people, right? And the desire to contact them has got to be super high around that time. We're talking the 1860s, mid-1860s, post the Civil War. Uh, the spiritual movement arose in the 1840s, uh, just 20 years before that. There's a really interesting confluence here of a way to contact dead people and then a whole bunch of dead people. And uh, I think that was an opportunity that was that was seen, right? A, a little bit after the Civil War. Yeah, and a nationwide agglomeration of cottage industries to... Um, to satisfy this desire, arise across, across the U.S. Uh, mediums start marketing their services in every major city you could imagine. They're also traveling, like old school circuit revivalists or circuit judges, and the Associated Press is around. It's a new kid on the block in the late 1800s, and in 1886, they publish a report on what are called talking boards. A bunch of spiritualist camps in Ohio have started in using these things. And the name Ouija does not exist yet. There's a Baltimore guy. His name's Charles Kennard. And he says, hmm, I've read the paper and I sense a bit of coin here. Uh, and I don't need a Ouija board <laughs> to divine that. So he gets four other investors, a guy named Elijah Bond, who's later really big in the story. Um, he's a local attorney at the time and a surveyor, uh, veteran named Colonel Washington Bowie, and they start the Kennard Novelty Company. Important to note, these guys personally were not super duper into ghosts. They were super duper into making money, and they recognized this as an opportunity. I mean, we could do a whole weird limited series, really, on the history of the Ouija board, but if you want to learn more, check out Robert Murch's work, uh, including the story of William Fold and how the Ouija board got that strange name. Uh, just real quick. So uh, Fold's sister-in-law is a medium. And one night in 1890 in Baltimore, they're experimenting with this talking board set. And she asked the board what they should call it. The planchette apparently spelled out Ouija, O-U-I-J-A, which, uh, and then she said, what does that mean? And it told her it mean, means good luck in Egyptian. That is not also not the uh, Egyptian word for good luck, as far as we know, or the common you this know, Arabic phrase. This is early 1800s? No, this is mid, kind of. Yeah, late, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. So this is, I was just thinking, Baltimore's kind of a spooky place. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, 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 got, there's got some serious vibe. That's also where, like, Edgar Allan Poe came up. Um, so you certainly think of Baltimore of that era as this almost Lovecraftian kind of European spooky kind of place, you know, sort of like Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, haunted by the ghost of, Millions of delicious crabs, Baltimore. Indeed, indeed. So, so just Crab about Holocaust. <laughs> so, just that point, eighteen ninety. It's not that long after the Civil War. It's not that long after spiritualism becomes a thing. It makes a lot of sense that the popularity of this talking board is already on the rise, and then it's being manufactured by somebody. And Ben, you 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 got to uh, William Fold, right? That was that becomes the big person. What did Fold end up doing? Fold ends up acquiring patents with the um, 
from Kenner. So he ends up taking over kind of the Ouija project, which is why he is so closely associated with it today. And we see this cycle happen uh, pretty often in human history. In the wake of a great tragedy, people look for some method of communication because humans are primarily gregarious, communicative creatures. So, So it does make sense. And I think it's important for us to note these guys who decide to manufacture this at scale they're not cynical. They're not saying, we'll, we'll learn about them. They're not saying, hey, we're going to grift a bunch of rubes. They're saying, this is interesting. People want it. Let's try to make something happen. And that's pretty in line with spiritualism, which um, spiritualism would set itself apart from other nascent religious beliefs because it was the marriage of scientific inquiry to the supernatural. And that that kind of we see that reflected later in things like uh Project Stargate and MK Ultra. I'm just saying we shouldn't accuse history of being original very often. No, oh gosh, no, never. Uh, but it was also malleable in an interesting way, right? Like it didn't require you to be an adherent to one particular faith. And you, and to your point, it allowed you to kind of have this I believe there's something out there. I don't quite know what to call it yet, but I I think the search is worth the effort. Mm-hmm. And then that brings us to the big question, folks. Does history aside, which is really cool and and definitely worth checking out, does the Ouija board actually, you know, does it work? <laughs> does it does it quotation fingers work? No, just I mean, just without the quotations, I would say, does it work? But depending on what you mean by, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, right. Spoiler. Oh my gosh. Yes. Nah, in fact, yeah, it does. We're going to pause for a word <laughs> from our sponsors. Consult with uh, some unseen entities, and we'll be right back. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Here's where it gets crazy. Yes, we spoiled it a little bit just a second ago, but the Ouija board does work. As you as you point out, Noel, it depends on what process we're talking about working. It doesn't work in the way some true believers might think. And we're not here to poo-poo on anybody's spiritual beliefs. It's just I mean, it might, but there is definitely something we can identify that is in play. You know, in a very real way. Magnets. How no. do they work? <laughs> How? No, no, wait, no, keep it in, Max. How do they work? Magnets of the mind, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, right. Sexual magnetism. Uh, the new album coming. Uh, sexual magnetism is probably already like 18 different albums. It has to it be. It has to be. Uh, We've all got that in spades, though. So, so, <laughs> okay. So we described the Ouija board operation, a small group of people asking questions, watching in amazement as an unseen force uses them to spell out the answer. There's a reason people across oceans of time, to quote Dracula, have all encountered the same spooky thing and assumed it was supernatural. The phenomenon behind the Ouija board, science currently believes, is something that's hardwired into all human beings. It's called the idiomotor phenomenon or idiomotor response or reflex. We can call it IMR when we're hanging with friends. Um, what is, okay, idiomotor phenomenon. Is it boring? I think it's pretty fascinating, actually, the more I learn about it. Not boring at all. I think it's just the idea that even if you're not actively thinking about something, part of your mind can make you do things. Part of your mind that you're not aware of, basically, your unconscious mind can make your body do things, which is freaky. Like exercise its will through vibrations, through small little micro gestures and things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, props to Julia Layton, our longtime colleague over at How Stuff Works, uh, who wrote a great article about uh, the mechanisms behind Ouija boards and, and similar things. Uh, Julia Layton had this great line where she said, how do Ouija boards actually work? Well, the short answer, people push things. And the long answer is much more interesting. <laughs> you push. And yeah, you push. yeah. It's where we talk about something called uh, Chevreul's Pendulum. And you can see this in kind of uh, in the pendulum pregnancy test. You can also do it yourself at home with string and any... Um, kind of weighted object we talked about this recently in a live event that we did just about yeah please i, mean, I, I just oh yeah you describe it describe it wouldn't ju- ju- i mean like you know my 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 daughter's mom who i'm dear dear friends with is very much into this kind of spiritual spiritualism kind of stuff and has done a similar test you know it's you can use it to kind of you can ask it a question in the same way that you might ask a ouija board a question but it's like a, a string or a chain at the end of which is a weight uh, a crystal you know something that that holds weight at the bottom and and, and it pulls the string or whatever line it might be taught and yeah you ask it a question like in this case it was about a baby's gender and then you know it's sort of like 
knocked two times for yes, one time for no, like maybe in a sense, but this is like a directional answer, right? In in, in which direction the, the pendulum swings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you consciously may not be trying to create a result. That's why, like, first off, the body moves way more often and way more constantly than I think a lot of people imagine because it's weird to think about, right? You can do that. You can also do this taking a laser pointer and just uh, this will be a heck of a time. If you have cats in your house, just try to hold it as still <laughs> as possible and you'll see a tremor there. Can't it do it. <laughs> doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. It just means that the body is in a constant state of movement. And that's why the pendulum thing works because without your, think of your mind like a, um, Matt, let's go with the restaurant thing from table turning. Your conscious mind is like the front of house staff, the mater D. The unconscious mind is the thing in the back. It's in the kitchen. It's always cooking and it can send dishes out front. And that's kind of what happens with this uh, idiomotor phenomenon. Uh, this was discovered in the 1800s by a guy named Anton Chevreul, uh, not French speaker, so pardon pronunciation there. He was researching hypnosis and then he realized, oh, this pendulum tells me what people are really thinking because it magnifies minute movements, even when they're not aware of it. Psychologically, you don't feel like you own the movement that's happening. So it does feel like another entity. And in a way, you could say it is. But wait, okay, pause. Are we just debunking Ouija? Are we ruining Ouija for people? I don't think so. I hope not. That's not our intent. I mean, again, we're talking about a phenomenon that can be explained, that can be described. Uh, Any connection to real or imagined ghosts or specters, I think is still on the table if that's where your beliefs lie mm, still on the board you know? yeah yeah i mean i really do believe that i i, I and, and our goal here is never to take away any any mystical anything from life you know because there's god knows we need as much of that as we can get because <laughs> so much of it has been just sort of sucked out but uh you know i think there are things at play but there are also could also be other elements in play that that uh you know change the equation so the idea here is that these tiny movements, in the same way they function with a pendulum, would function with your fingers on a planchette and all of your friends' fingers, right? 100%. So, so the idea is that if one person in that group is really thinking hard about the letter J, it may end up moving towards that J, even if they're not even if they're not thinking about Actively. the J or, yes. Or if it's a bunch of, you know, also bad faith actors, it's a real thing. Uh, there's a bunch of teenage teenagers around, you know, and they're like, Oh, who's going to, uh, does, uh, Janie Smith like me or whatever, then, you know, you might have two romantic rivals <laughs> and the, and, and now the ghost can't make a decision. Push, pull, push, pull. Right. Yeah. I'm just imagining that same party where, it's like, oh, wait, a six? Wait, and then a nine? <laughs> sorry. Okay, all right. All right. All right, yes. sorry. No, it's perfect. It's perfect because that's another illustration of how people's motivations come into play, right? Sometimes consciously, often unconsciously. We're not just debunking it, though, because there is something even stranger at play here. Even acknowledging the existence proven of the idiomotor effect or reflex 
In 2012, these researchers at the University of British Columbia did something really interesting. They found that the effect is cumulative. It accretes power when users believe multiple people have their have contact with the planchette. So they blindfolded folks and they would tell the blindfolded people, you are one of two folks touching this pointer. And then as the planchette moved, the subject often claimed that silent second partner was pushing the thing. And they did not know that there was no second person involved. They re- but they, they felt that they sensed them. They felt they were there and they felt that person was cheating. How interesting is that? <laughs> That's not cheating, though. That's sort of the whole point, right? right. At least in that, in that scenario. Yeah. No, it's it's fascinating stuff, the way the parts of our minds work without our knowledge. <laughs> I just, I, I'll never get over how, how cool that is. And also scary. Oh, you yeah. Know? I, I think about that too, man. Like, um, like a lot of the people who have managed to gain conscious control over uh, over the involuntary functions of the body, like the heartbeat and the uh, different aspects mm-hmm. of digestion and so on, and, and body temperature, that kind of freaks me out, you know? That's insane. But you got to wonder, too, if folks who are suffering from things like, you know, uh, schizophrenia, is that, like, basically that stuff just unhinged and just kind of, like, the guardrails taken off? You know, and like the subconscious mind is just now kind of like blending with the conscious mind. Uh, again, I'm, I'm sort of describing maybe versions I've seen of that uh, condition in, you know, cinema and stuff. But it strikes me as the mind is just, there's so much, so much powerful stuff that can be unlocked for good or ill, you know, in the mind. And that warning about uh, that, that the warnings that you will find on different Ouija boards are or talking boards, I should say. They, they are coming from a good place. It's not just cynical marketing. If you, ha- if you are not mentally in a good place or mentally secure, as that one Japanese example said, then th- this could be a not pleasant experience for people. But again, it, you know, knowledge is power. So knowing a little more about how this works helps you enjoy, enjoy the process maybe a little bit more. Uh, this experiment in 2012 shows that a person's conscious belief that they're not moving the pointer kind of enhances their unconscious mind's ability to trigger those minute movements, which means science proves one of the fundamental rules of Ouija, the two or more players bit. Don't play it alone. The more people touching it, the easier it is to believe you aren't moving it. Get six people on that bad boy. Now it's definitely a ghost. And if you have a preference for a specific outcome, of course, that doesn't mean you're cheating. It means like you are, like you said, Matt, really thinking of the letter J and, oh my gosh, something answered me. You know, you know how mass marketed board games usually have like a player count on the side for like minimum, maximum mm-hmm, players. Mm-hmm. Does, does, does the Ouija board start with two? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we're not saying these people are actively cheating or necessarily acting in bad faith or trying to be deceptive. Also, we have to note the planchette thing doesn't always move. It's in the rules. Originally was give it five minutes. And if nothing happens, try again, Yeah, take a break, (laughs) try again, take a lap, take a lap and try again. Or or maybe you're more of a magic eight ball kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like uh, We, we should also note we're not we're also not saying they're not cheating. Right. Right. 
hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It could be either. Because you, you could push. I mean, it's a light thing. You know what I mean? You could push and have it not really read to the other player as as you pushing. But you always see video of this, like in movies, where it's like, no, you're pushing it. No, I'm not. You're pushing it. And then it, they you know? take their and hands that's... off and it keeps moving. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Magnets. Yeah, right. Stop it with the, the magnets, Matt. <laughs> well, almost the original ghost. We'll get to the ghost in a second. But this this idea was known to Ouija manufacturers as well. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it just spits out nonsense. And and one early patent didn't call it otherworldly or supernatural at all. Instead, they said the motion is caused, quote, by the involuntary muscular motion of the hands of the players or through some other agency. So they were hedging their bets. Uh, let's, you know what? I say, let's take a break for a word from our sponsors, who are hopefully the good folks at Ouija, uh, which is an Illumination Global Unlimited uh, subsidiary. Uh, and then we're going to talk about even the, the, the weirder stuff. There's a little bit of a twist here at the end. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Okay, here's an experiment if you want to ruin the Halloween party. If you want to be not fun at the <laughs> Halloween party. We're fun at Halloween parties. You always say that. We man. are actually. We yeah, we we nail it on Halloween parties. But uh if you want to disprove, I guess, a Ouija board, I I, I don't know if this is a fun thing to do, but it works consensually blindfold some folks who are going to use the Ouija board. Let them look at it first. Without their knowledge, 
rotate the board 90 degrees and then see what kind of messages they get. Without the visual input feeding into their unconscious, their responses will probably seem a lot less purposeful. Side note, if it still appears to work, email us immediately. Take a video, put it on TikTok. So so are you saying like the visual, because I mean, wouldn't wouldn't there be some situations where maybe folks would say, everyone close your eyes while you're doing it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they're closing their eyes Still with the memory of the board of as where it was. everything's laid out. Yeah, yes, exactly. Get close, and then, um, and then actually, I would say it's pretty. That's pretty effective. That's a great question because if you've got like four people centered around a board, they've all looked at it from their individual angles. They close their eyes. Then, if they're all on the same page, they can kind of self-correct to get to like the person at the top left knows where yes is the person at the bottom right has their perspective and so they can kind of move unconsciously toward a yes so the implication being the ghost has a full view of the board at all times so it would not be thrown by a a 90 degree turn that would be the idea but again email us if you see it work and it's so interesting what this says about the human mind the idea we can make movements that we don't realize we're making kind of tells us we should not be so smug uh, or confident about what movements we think are ours and someone else's. I mean, it, here's the twist. This is the I, this is the coolest part. If you think about it, despite the science, which again is pretty conclusive and pretty watertight, even with all that, if you think about it, you are sort of talking with a ghost, an unseen, unacknowledged entity that through you is capable of reaching the mundane world. It's just, you know, not to sound too Pixar about it, but the real ghost was inside you all along. You're the haunted house, right? We are the haunted houses. That's, I mean, I've seen this analogy used really well in, in oftentimes in like films about mental illness, you know, where someone thinks they're seeing a ghost, you know, but then it turns out that they're just kind of hallucinating or something that's going on, you know, psychologically. I think the idea of ghosts of the mind is the closest thing that we can wrap our heads around and, and actually understand as far as ghosts, because we all have memories. We all have kind of tortured things that, that live with us and that linger with us and things that we push to the back of our minds but they're always there, you know, and, and those things exert themselves over our day-to-day lives. No question. Mm-hmm. And this is like, so it gets even weirder, though. This is cool. That experiment in 2012, uh, you can see it published in February, the February issue of Consciousness and Cognition. Want to shout out the authors, Dr. Ron Rensink, uh, the researcher Helene Gaucho, and Dr. Sidney Fells. Here's what they found in this experiment. They said when people thought someone else was touching the planchette, their unconscious mind was basically able to slide into those muscle movement DMs. And you can do much better with the Ouija board on questions that you don't really think you know, but something inside of you does know. Mm -hmm. When they tried this with, um, with a robot player instead of a human, and the robot would just amplify the existing human muscle movements, they they said, okay, right about 50% of the time. When we're asking questions like, um, uh, is Buenos Aires the capital of Brazil, right? Uh, just neutral. Like a control question, right, kind of almost. Not, yeah. Non-emotionally related questions. 
Uh, and then when they ask the participants these things verbally, just like in a quiz, hey, where, you know, where were the were the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney? People were guessing they were right about 50% of the time. But when their unconscious came over, when their inner ghost came into play, they answered correctly about 65% of the time. Your unconscious mind, your, your personal Casper is actually pretty smart. And this episode brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Yes, yes. Just the right sink, just the right bounce. The haunted sleep. Casper Mattress. <laughs> this episode Indeed. is not sponsored by Casper. Just so you no, know. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. But it is sponsored by Illumination Global Unlimited. Of course. No question. Everything we do mm-hmm. is uh, the blood price, as we yes. said. Yes. And so that's, I mean, that's it. You know, your average Ouija board probably isn't haunted, but you are. And the really good news, nice thing to and the show on is that it sounds like you're probably being haunted by a friendly ghost who uh, who ups your chances of a random guessing by 15%. That is such a cool. weirdly specific <laughs> like superpower it, it feels like we're in an RPG. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like, "Oh, inner Casper f- plus 15% on, on luck, I guess. Well, chat, chat GPT certainly seems to think we're in an RPG. Uh, so. Yes. Yeah. And that's very close to, um, that is very close with the idea of communing with non-human entities, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. all the stuff we thought were, uh, were myths and uh, legends, they're increasingly going to become true. I look forward to the creation of the first Minotaur. Woo. That'll be great. Guys, I want to talk about something really quickly again. Uh, So Civil War, popularity, spiritualism, lots of dead people, interesting Mm -hmm. contact on the other side, gives people meaning, right? Or potential meaning, uh, potential way to feel like there's something more, like their loved ones are still around. Um, I think there's something weird going on right now. As we record this, it was announced last night, I guess, that one of the American presidents, recent American president, is maybe... Is definitely being indicted. Is being and, indicted. And there's a lot of followers of that person. Uh, it feels a lot of followers that are going to be upset by this, uh, that are mm. right now probably, as this episode is coming out, are very upset by this. And I, it makes me think back to 1860, the election of Abraham Lincoln. It makes me think of a political divide in the country. It's It's what we've talked about before with the Civil War. I'm freaked out that something else is happening. And guys, instead of spiritualism, you know what we have to fall back on? What's that? UFOs. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just joking. I don't know what I'm saying. I- <laughs> they are their own kind of little gods uh, or ghosts in a way. I-, I just think the term ghost is so interesting, you know, because we, re- we were even talking with uh, with Flame Monroe the other, the other week uh, in L.A. and asking about ghosts and, and Flame d- said she didn't really believe in ghosts, but did believe in like energy of places and events that have affected, you know, environments. And I would say that energy applies to our memories as well and our minds. And and I think this ghosts of the mind thing isn't saying that like anyone who believes in ghosts is just imagining it. I just think there's something it's something different. And like the memory of our loved ones in and of themselves can be kind of ghost because they can then connect with something, something you see, something you smell, you know, something you taste or hear. And then that memory joins up with that. And then all of a sudden it's like there's a person there, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Yeah, I like that. We've talked about um, the way sense memory can do that. Um, and that's a beautiful description. I would also add that if we think about it through that lens, reading is yes. speaking with You've the dead. you said that and yeah. I love I mean, that. it's true, it's you so know. Like, no, it's so good, I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a, a beautiful point for us to end on. Well, first, uh, for anybody who is is grokking what Matt's saying there, check out It Could Happen Here by our pal Robert Evans. And to the fascinating point about UAP, you know, we have to remember the importance of perspective and cultural lens, right? The way that um, the way that these different world or nationwide paradigm shifts can occur. And when we're in the thick of it, it is very difficult to understand how it will all shake out, right? That's why history books will definitively say stuff like, the spiritual, spiritualist movement started here and ended here, or the Civil yeah, War started the, here yeah, exactly. and ended here. Uh, um, that's just, it's too cut and dry. And you have to do that for the purposes of writing and for communications. But we also know that history is written by the victors, or at least the ones who write the history books. And oftentimes it's oversimplified. Well, of course it's oversimplified, but also they have the benefit of retrospect. You know? That's also and, true. Yes, yes, yes. And humans love information. So we, how about this? How about we ask our fellow conspiracy realists to help us get a sense of a new definition of ghost. If you were to redefine what a ghost is or how a ghostly encounter works uh, after having checked out our episodes on memory and infrasound and so on, how would you most accurately describe the experience of a ghostly presence? And do you use a Ouija board? Are you one of the people who believes they're dangerous? Uh, Have you had any weird experiences? Uh, Matt, like you said, uh, a video would be great here. And one of the best ways to send us a video is, of course, email. But you can find us all over the internet. Uh, the genuine, <laughs> like, technology is spooky. We're creating the supernatural now, right? Like, social media is kind of a weird way to communicate with people. Oh, yeah. But that being said, find us. Yeah, you can. Uh, we are Conspiracy <laughs> Stuff on uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, where we have our Here's Where It Gets Crazy Facebook group. Get in on the conversation there. Um, you can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you'd like to call us, call 1-833-STDWYTK. It's a voicemail system. You've got three minutes. Please give yourself a cool nickname, not your real name, if, if you don't mind. Please let us know whether we can use your name and message on the air. And do put that number in your phone as a contact, just in case the ghost calls back. If you don't want to do that instead, why not send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.